And welcome, everybody. Good morning. It is 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. I don't know why I'm saying Oh, I know why. Yesterday was the summer solstice. Happy summer solstice, everybody. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer. Today, Doug has the day off, but in, in his place, we have Ms. Wanda Buckner. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, I read the most wonderful joke about um, the longest day of the year. Oh, Yes, and the cartoon character in question asked, well, how many hours in the day? <laughs> 24. Yeah. But it's still the longest day of the year. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, it was a long day yesterday. So anyway, now the days get a little shorter. But that's okay. And so today, on today's show, we obviously have Ms. Wanda Buckner on for her monthly feature. And we're also going to be talking about, in the, the Astro Celebrity of the Week, Miss Gloria Vanderbilt. Now, I actually had a choice between Franco Zeffirelli, who also passed earlier this week, and then, of course, um, Gloria Vanderbilt, who passed on June 17th. And so what I thought I'd do when I'm looking at, at her chart, because she is the mother of Anderson Cooper, um, I'm going to look at his chart, too, because her passing shows up in her, his chart. That's interesting. It is. It's really amazing, actually. Really, really amazing. So, so she's a fashion designer, and he's a news commentator. Yeah, you know, it's kind of not that far of a stretch. You know, you can kind of get that sort of sense of obviously working in the public eye, entertaining in some respects, because she did fashion design, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, yeah, all kind of intermixed there. But we're going to look a little bit at her chart. We'll look a little bit at his chart. and We'll look at their charts together. OK, that sounds good. Good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to have on Wanda uh, just a little bit later. She's going to be talking about. The continuation of the subject we started last month is how the how our animals feel about us, what they are thinking. Right, from their point of view. That's going to be interesting because it really does kind of take a psychic brain to kind of look at a pet and kind of read what's going on inside of them. You know, just like I was telling you that story just before we came on the air that I picked up that the dog was saying, I'm top dog now. And I said, well, okay, good. Even and, though and, his dear companion had just died. Yes, that's right. The companion had just died, and he was happy. He was just running around and happy. I said, wow, I thought you would be all hangdog expression, part of the expression. and But he wasn't. He was very happy. So it, it was really interesting. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that the rest of the hour, and we have our usual stuff with it. And, uh, yeah, that's it today for the show. It'll be a good show today. So welcome very much. Welcome very much. Okay, welcome, <laughs> Miss Wanda. <laughs> we're glad you're here. Yeah. Do yeah. we take a break now? Yes, we're going to take a break right now, and then we're going to do the Astro Celebrities of the Week. Yippee. So, yippee. So, yes, we're going to take a break right now, and when we get back, the Astro Celebrity of the Week with Ms. Gloria Vanderbilt. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Yeah. 
Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now... We're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now we have the Astro Celebrity of the Week. Okay, now I'm just sitting here looking at this chart, and I haven't really looked at it that much, but I noticed something. It's interesting how you notice stuff at the last second just before you're going to talk about them. Well, he, she was born, Gloria Vanderbilt, let me just give you her birth information. She was born February 20th, 1924, 9.50 a.m. in New York City. Okay, and she was born on a lunar eclipse. Well, what can you say? That's pretty cool. That basically brings heightened emotions, heightened feelings, heightened something. Because when you have the sun and the moon in opposite points, that means the, the between the two, there's extremes of emotion, extremes of ego, I guess you would say. So it, so it would have been, been emphasized, been 50 times more important for her. So to, to really come and understand that. Now, she had a very unusual life. She was great-great-great-granddaughter of Cornelius Vanderbilt. And she was basically to the manor born, but she felt like she wasn't. She felt that she was called poor little rich girl growing up. So uh, there were some circumstances at which she was left to care of somebody else and all this other stuff. And but, you know, she had an enormous amount of inner, inner strength that carried her through. She said, you know, when, you know, when life's hard, you know, when you make lemons, you make lemonade type of thing, you know. And so with that, I mean, I'm going to look at her chart here for a minute to see where the strength lies. Okay. So she had, okay, that's interesting. Strong, strong. Okay. So she had sun at zero degrees Cancer, uh, Pisces, moons at zero degrees Virgo, exactly a full moon. And then you've got the nodes right next to it, so it is an eclipse. So anybody that's born under eclipse usually has some sort of gifted life of some sort. Um, like, I'm trying to think of, oh, Prince William was born under a solar eclipse. So he's obviously had a rather blessed life, you know, with his circumstances. But um, it usually has to do with you know, the notoriety, how visible they are in the public, that kind of thing. And, of course, the, you know, the money coming through her, her family. I'm not sure what side of the family it was, but it was really interesting to um, No, I think she was worth like five or six hundred million when she died. Pretty wealthy. But anyway, and she also wasn't going to leave any of it to her son, Anderson Cooper, which is really interesting. It is. Did yeah. they have a falling out? No. They were as close as any two mother and son could be. But she said, I'm not going to leave you any of my money. And I think um, because she also has the planet Uranus here, um, not right next to her son, but it's, it's in Pisces, you know, she, she was determined to, to get herself moving no matter what. 
She never felt sorry for herself. She just kept going, and she was always laughing and having a good time. Um, evidently, uh, it was nine days before she died. She was told she had stomach cancer, and then nine days later she died. Boom. It was that quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But her son was with her the whole time, and you know, they had such a caring, loving relationship. But um, the thing about it is is that you know, because of her being Pisces, she was very gentle and very sweet, but she also had a really determined pers- persona. She has a Mars in the eighth house. That means that, you know, don't don't cross her <laughs> because she could get really mad. So, yeah, and, and she also had a Mercury in her 10th house in Aquarius, so that shows the humanitarian side of her pretty well. She was pretty involved with that, too. So she's a very well-rounded lady. She has everything kind of spread out in her chart. So her interests were varied. And so their their closeness between Anderson and her, I was very surprised to hear that he was her son for some reason. I thought, well, I wonder what that's about, you know. But when you look at his chart, okay, I'm going to look at his chart here for a second. Anderson Cooper had, well, he was born on June 3rd, 1967. At 3.46 p.m. And he was born in New York City as well. And he also has some interesting things in his chart too. Um, He was quite Plutonian. He had a sun square Pluto. I'm not sure what she has here. Does she have that? I don't think she does. But, um, oh, she had a trine Pluto. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. When we're looking at uh, relationships between parents and children, we can really see the dynamics that were handed down from the parents to the child that the, pa- the child is going to learn about. So we can see really easily in Anderson's chart that his life was intense. You know, the fact is that, you know, he, he was gay, is gay, and um, that was obviously something that his mother never had any problem with. You know, that it was no matter what he did or how he did it, it was okay with her as long as he did it with a full, a full Monty. You know, so anyway, he has a Jupiter up in his 10th house. That's his publishing. That's his writing. That's his broadcasting. That's part of that, too. And with the sun in the eighth, that means he has a a life experiences or intensity that wants deep connections with other people. And then also he has what else has he got? Um, He has moon and Aries. Oh, okay, so. The interesting thing is we can see how the, the genealogy is hand, handed down from parent to child. See, he has a moon in Aries. That's his mother, okay? So, so that's how he saw her through the, that lens of the moon in Aries in the seventh. So there was a great deal of closeness between the two of them. But moon in Aries means that mom pretty much was ahead of her own, ahead of her own business, you know, and she took care of herself, and she probably taught him to be very self-assertive, too. So there is that, that dynamic going on. And so when you're looking at these things, going, okay, what is being handed down to Anderson? Now, Anderson, does he has Mars on the Okay, I'm looking at this, thinking, okay, Gloria had, let's see, what has he got in Aries? Nothing, but he's got Venus in Aries. Ah, and so... There is a, a strong love between those two because Venus and the moon. Anyway, I'm going off track here, but 
I'm kind of thinking as I'm talking. So um, one of the things I wanted to explore a little bit was the fact that, and this was pointed out to me by another astrologer, that the time that she died, that the uh, planets lined up as such to kind of project the fact that she passed away, his mother passed away. And what we are looking at is at the bottom of his chart, Pluto just clicked into the fourth house. And Pluto also made a square to his moon at 23 Aries, as making 22 Capricorn. Okay, that's Pluto moon, that's his mother, and Pluto deals with death. So you were wondering about that earlier, how we could actually see that happening. And so if we had been predicting astrologers, we would have said at this time you may experience a loss to somebody close to you and possibly a a mother figure. That's how we would say it to the person. And the fact is he did lose her right at that time. So that's what happened. You know, it is interesting. And. You know, this is going to strengthen him a lot because he has, this transit has just started for him and it's going to carry on. So he'll be able to go through the levels of grief and he'll be able to deal with how he he was with her and also um, kind of, you know, remove himself from her, you know, any sort of baggage and stuff like that will be brought up and will be looked at and will be let go of during this time. So... It does, it's not really a surprise that this happened, but it's also something that's extremely, well, it's really informing, and it really shows how well astrology works, mm-hmm. you know, to see how the timing of this happens. So, yes. So, anyway, okay, that's it on them. We could go on and do more, but you know how that goes. So, anyway, we're going to come right back after this. We're going to have Ms. Wanda Buckner on the air We are going to be back in a second. This is Eileen Grimes with the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Hello, this is a live read for Ms. Angela Probst. Now, at this point, you've probably heard of essential oils. Are you confused, overwhelmed, not sure where to start? There's so much information in it, and our aromatherapy expert, Angela Probst, with Young Living Essential Oils, can help you navigate and meet your health and wellness goals. Give her a call today at 253-278-1599 or visit her website at www.myyl.com Angela. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now we bring on, and she's already here, but we'll bring her on again. This is Wanda Buckner. Yes, here I am. (laughs) Okay, and today we're going to be talking about, again, the, I think it must be something you're kind of researching right now. It seems like to... We talked a little bit about it last month, about the perspective of looking at the way the pet feels about us and what they're thinking about any given time, given thing. Is that kind of, an, uh, kind of something you haven't really been looking at lately, or is it something you've been noticing? Well, it's something that I'm forced to look at all the time. Oh, it's I'm like, sorry. if you think of um, a counselor w- working with parents and children and... The parents say, this is how 
the child should behave and this is what should happen and they describe a situation and the counselor may say and to the child so what was your experience of this situation okay because yeah. a child's point of view may be very different from the parent yes yes and when you understand the child's point of view it helps you come to a win-win solution because right. each half understands each other better of course yeah that makes sense and i hear about it's usually court things, you know, when parents are having, you know, custody issues, and they really check in with the child to see what the child wants. Right. It's important, you know, and usually the decision based on what the child wants is comes up forefront, and what the judge eventually decides what how to to allocate, you know, custody. And so often with animals, the the consequences of not understanding each other can be dire. Mm-hmm. It can mean the animal has to be rehomed, the yeah. animal has to be euthanized. There are serious consequences that can come up from not understanding and being able to work with the animal's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'd like to explore that some. Sure. I also want to invite people to call in if they'd like. Yes, let's do that. Let's give the phone number. What a good idea. Okay, our phone number is 425-373-5527. And toll-free in Western Washington is 888-298-5569. And we'll give that number again, you know, periodically through the show. So anyway, if you want to call and talk to Wanda about Maybe what your pet is thinking about you, (laughs) (laughs) we can probably come up with a good idea. Or whatever you would like to talk about. Uh So I am billed as an animal communicator. Oftentimes uh, in literature, I talk about myself as an interspecies communicator Mm -hmm. because we are animals ourselves. We are not at the top of the evolutionary chart as Humans, this is how far we have come along in evolution, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean we're the top. No. It just means that this is where we are right now, and yeah. I expect and hope that we will get much further. Mm-hmm. The same is true about all animals. They are in an evolutionary cycle themselves, yes. and we can see that our animals, our dogs and our horses particularly, are becoming more attuned to us as mm-hmm. we live more with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm also called an animal psychic because mm-hmm. sometimes there are situations where, like I'm uh, working with a cat right now, mm-hmm. and the cat has begun uh, striking out at the sliding glass door, Uh-oh. at mirrors, at any reflective surface like the stereo. Mm-hmm. So from the animal's point of view, there is something fearful and fierce out there that the animal must defend against and and prevent that animal from getting into her house. Okay. From the human's point of view, the cat is going crazy, mm-hmm. is hallucinating. Right. What could be happening? From a psychic point of view, it's like, oh, she's seeing herself, her reflection, mm-hmm. and she's not recognizing herself. Okay. Now, what has happened that she doesn't recognize herself? Mm-hmm. And I think possibly uh, she is having some eye issues. And so for whatever reason, her vision is blurred and she doesn't recognize who she is. Or perhaps it is that 
the reflection has changed because the time of year has changed. Right. And so it looks a little different. Mm-hmm. Or the human associated with the cat wonders if there is a plant in the yard that she is eating mm-hmm. that is causing some hallucinations. Okay. So all of these are possible. Mm-hmm. So what I do is work with the human who is working with her veterinarian, who is working with her cat, in order to decrease these symptoms. But the real goal here is to get to the root cause. Mm-hmm. So right now, my dear friend has uh, every reflective surface is covered with a t- tea towel. <laughs> sort of like a vampire cardboard. thing, right? right. <laughs> oh, no. And she's hoping it won't last forever. And the cat is calmer, and we're using a lavender essential oil also. And I'm assuring the cat that there is no other predator out there. So the cats become a bit paranoid. In yes. Their, okay. So right. apparently there was a real-life cat. That was in that backyard. Okay. That could have been scary. And good for the human. She went door to door yeah. and found the other cat. Okay. And talked to the other person about would it be possible to confine her cat more so that that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So most issues with animals are not single kind of one thing only. Instead, mm-hmm. it's a holistic approach. Okay. So sometimes it may include medication for the veterinarian. It might include a change of diet. It might include a change in what the humans are doing. Because clearly disciplining this cat is not going to be of any help. No. And we really don't want our animals to be drugged to the point Mm -mm. that they don't care about anything. Mm -hmm. So that's part of how I work with animals. And sometimes it's also just understanding end-of-life issues, doing sure. mediumship, and showing from the animal's point of view what end-of-life looks like. Okay. You had mentioned about going to court. Mm-hmm. Well, I did have an animal who had been surrendered uh, forcibly mm-hmm. because this was a wonderful family dog, just terrific. However there were livestock nearby Mm. and the dog began to hunt and kill and could not be contained. Mm -hmm. And you cannot blame the neighbor Mm -mm. for being upset. Mm -mm. Ideally, you know, neighbor would have talked to the other, said your your dog is hanging around Mm -hmm. and needs not to do that. And that would have all worked out. Because they could have intervened sooner, but Mm -hmm. as it was, neighbor did not talk to neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so when they did talk, it was at a crisis point. Okay. And the dog had to be surrendered. And so I was contacted and asked, is there any way that this dog could be saved? Mm -hmm. And of course, what we're thinking is a better way to confine the dog. Mm -hmm. So I talked to the dog about this, and the dog is like, no matter how high that fence is or how big the fenced area is. Right, it's not tall enough, right? I will always be trying to get out. Uh, Okay. And it's a cage to Mm -hmm. me. Right. Okay. Absolutely. So from the dog's point of view, it's a cage. Mm -hmm. It's not a big area for the dog to play in. Right. Because the dog is driven by primal instincts. 
though some things can be solved and mm-hmm. some things can be better understood. Right. It's still a tragedy. It is horrible. Yeah. yeah. It's a tragedy. So what do they eventually do with the dog? The dog was euthanized. Oh, God. Because uh, he could not be rehomed. No, obviously not. Yeah, that would have been too much of too great of a a change that would have had to have made, been made. Well, know. there was no one who could confine him, and you you would not be able to trust the dog around cats or right. small dogs or right, right. You just did not know how far that prey drive would go. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's really too bad. So anyway, okay, it looks like we might have a call here. So I think. Debbie? No. Danae? Okay. Anyway, let's let's bring her on the air. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Now, what was your name again? It's Lene. Lene. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. And what Um, is your question for for Ms. Wanda? I have a brand new kitty who's uh, 10 weeks old. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's doing great. Um, It's doing wonderful. But um, I have been told, uh, had some uh, person tell me about single, uh, single kitten syndrome. And I'm not sensing that he's lonely, but I, I will be in the future traveling a little bit for my job. I'll be gone like one or two days and he'll be, you know, I have a pet sitter that comes in twice a day. But um, I was just wondering if she could give me some ideas about, you know, does he need another companion since I will be traveling or... Is this single kitten syndrome really the, the uh, something to, to consider? That's a good point. I never would, and it's brand new kitten, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So Wanda. in the wild, cats are solitary. Mm-hmm. So we need to remember that. I have had cats who have both been solitary and who have uh, been in pairs. It can work either way. I'll tell you about my own experience. I had a a very, very active kitten who I had chosen the kitten because he would be able to travel with me and do a lot of stuff with me, and he was more active than most cats are based on his breed. But the cat was tearing me apart (laughs) with (laughs) love and goodwill because I worked. Uh, uh, full days. And when I got home, he was so uh, starved for companionship and attention that he was just all over me, including my face and my neck. And so I got a second cat. By this time, my cat was about five months old. And I didn't know what I know now. And I got a similar breed but I did not realize that cat had not been well socialized with people. Oh. And yeah. right. And so the cat had no interest in me, but he was very interested in Ezra, who is my other cat. So this was Ezra and Ebenezer. And oh. sweet Ebenezer wanted desperately for Ezra to love him. And Ezra would have nothing to do with him. And it was 14 years of rejection. Oh. It was, oh. Yeah, it was very sad because Ezra wanted to be with me because he had imprinted on me. 
And Ebenezer, who did not have good relationships with humans um, prior to coming to my home, was imprinted on cats and wanted to be with Ezra. Now, at this time of my life, perhaps I could have worked that out. So in your situation, there are two things. If you want to bring in another kitten, do it now while they're still young and can play together. And sometimes bringing in another cat has to do with the amount of space you have, the room you have for litter boxes. And it's very joyful to watch two kittens play together. It Mm -hmm. is also true that if you you leave your cat as being just the single cat, you have a responsibility to bring enrichment to the cat, to play Mm -hmm. with the cat, to uh, provide new experiences. That means new toys and picking them up and interacting with them. And so when you leave, you want your sitter not just to give food, but also to play with the cat, to play games. Mm -hmm. I had a single cat that would actually walk outdoors with me and follow me places and would retrieve little uh, uh, wadded up pieces of paper, retrieve them and bring them back to me so we could play fetch. So it can work fine either way. It is about your commitment to how their life will be. Yes. Oh, that's great. And we have to take a break, unfortunately. Oh, well, thank you so much for your call, Anae. We really appreciate it. I no, hope... that really answered the question, oh, and good. it kind of, you know, puts my mind at ease. I, I was considering getting another one here in the next maybe two or three weeks, so okay. that may be the thing to do. Yes, it may be. And you can always do a tryout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, too. That's good. Yes. All right, thank you. Okay, thank you. Thanks for calling, mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, we have to take another break right here, and when we get back, we're going to have more with Donna Buck. I did it again. Wanda Buckner. I knew I had to do it at some point. Anyway, Wanda Buckner and all that good stuff. So this is Eileen Grimes in the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Mr. Matt Shea. Mr. Matt Shea is a storyteller. His choice of subjects has to do with those who are considered just a little bit different. You know the ones, the ones that usually are outcast and misplaced as a result of being overlooked and misunderstood. Their moment arrives when they are called upon to reveal their real character through some selfless act, thus ending up being acknowledged and contributing to society. When it is all said and done, he wants his reader to be uplifted by the deeper message. He will write stories for the rest of his life with hopes that he can create happiness, bring encouragement, ultimately inspire others. For more information on Matt and his books, contact Matt Shea at mattsheabooks.com or email him at workinmatt, W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7 at AOL.com. And now a live read for Ms. Wanda Buckner. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Wanda Buckner is an intuitive and certified animal practitioner as well as a Reiki master who does marvelous work on both your pets and yourself. She does behavioral work with your pets, especially if they have some unforeseen issues that need resolving. One of her clients has said, I was going through several transitions in my life professionally, personally, and physically. Wanda brought me through those transitions using her intuitive, gentle, healing energy work. My sessions with Wanda were the catalyst of life changes. 
For more information, you can see Wanda's website at wandabuckner.com or email her at wandasoffice at gmail.com or call her at 360-491-3187. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Garnet Schulhauser from Vancouver, B.C. for another round of metaphysical Q&A. On Saturday, Shauna Fisher talks to the animals both on this side of the veil and the other side. What are your fur babies trying to tell you? Bringing you fascinating talk since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And our guest today is Ms. Wanda Buckner. And we are talking about how the pets think about us. What do they think about us? How they are actually communicating with us, what they feel, what they think. From the animal's point of view. Yes, that's really important. The one dog that I worked with was a wonderful dog. He had been rescued by the son and... He was a became a large, strong dog. The son subsequently married and had babies, and the dog was just so exuberant and overwhelmed the baby and the mother. Mm-hmm. Because when the child started to toddle, the dog could knock the child over by <laughs> wagging his tail. <laughs> it must have been a big dog. <laughs> it was a big dog. Yeah, a great dog, and a mixed breed dog. And the kind of mixed breed he was, they actually had his uh, lineage tested. Mm -hmm. And when you looked at his lineage, dogs of his type were uh, genetically, they were stubborn, they were Mm -hmm. independent, they could work on their own. Mm -hmm. They were definitely a working dog. And so you had all this pent-up energy in this dog body. Yeah. And there was no one to, like, take him on a run for a couple hours a day. Makes sense. What kind of dog was it? It was a mixed breed. Oh, okay. What yeah. was the main breed in him? Though? Well, but it came back with four or five different kinds. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we looked them all up. And so the grandparents are walking the dog. And it was clear that the dog was too strong. Uh-huh. He was pulling them over yeah, so that they were actually falling and uh-huh. becoming injured. <laughs> and so they contacted me to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And... I did, and the win-win of the solution was to realize that his job was to keep them safe on the walk, but the way he had been keeping them safe was barking at everything and scaring it off and pulling and wanting to chase things off. Right, right. So his understanding was changed to keeping them safe meant not pulling on the leash but turning slowly and gently because they were fine with him exploring smells mm-hmm. and so on. Right. But not suddenly changing directions and knocking them over. Right, right. And, of course, I recommended uh, training mm-hmm. and referred them to some good trainers. Mm-hmm. And the dog was so independent and so thinking on his own mm-hmm. that she told me that the thing that really worked best was when I would talk to him. And remind him Mm -hmm. that he needed to go slow and take care of Grandma and Grandpa. Okay. And he has become the most wonderful dog. It's been a way to 
meld the family together so that everyone is safe. Mm-hmm. The dog has an important job, which is walking both the uh, grandma and the grandpa so mm-hmm. that they stay fit. Right. And the dog understands his job and understands what keeping them safe means. Mm-hmm. Keeping them safe does not mean attacking everything around. No, no, uh-uh. no. Instead, it means walking gently with them. Yes. So that kind of a win-win solution is is terrific. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, that you know, it just makes some. You know, it seems to me that in the last five or six years, we've become a dog nation. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you and I are around dog people. I know. Cat people but, all you the know, time. You're just seeing dogs everywhere, you know. Well, but, especially in Southern California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're probably all French bulldogs, too. <laughs> anyway, but it seems like we're becoming more sensitive and realizing that our dogs have thoughts and have emotions and, and that um, somehow... If we can and can pick it up, we can pick up on them. Then you know they're going to be, they're going to be so much more happy because they will be understood rather than just telling the dog to do something just because. You know, it, it's just different. Uh, we we've changed our perspective from say the fifties as a pet of just being an adornment for the family to somebody who's actually living and breathing and has has all functions there that human beings have. I think it's really true that we are becoming more aware of animals and yes. trees and plants as being sentient, as yes. having ways of communicating. Yes. They've been studying whale communication and dolphin communication, and we are just realizing that there is much more communication going on in the world than we thought. Right. right. And so... As our awareness rises about what is possible for animals, as mm-hmm. we look at them with different eyes, mm-hmm. when we started out in uh, Western civilization, Descartes, it was very much that animals had no souls. They were, right. they were just, they were living, but they were a tool to be used. Mm-hmm. Horses for plowing yes. and whatever and right. pulling cabs and... Right. And then there became a raising of awareness about the cruelty of the condition of the animals yeah. that how we were treating those animals that pulled our carriages. And we can't really make blanket states across uh, statements across all cultures and no. all peoples. But when I was young, um, dog stayed outside. Yeah. That was where they were. I do mm-hmm. not remember ever taking our dogs to a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And they were to guard the property. They mm-hmm. were to uh, be a playmate to uh, us as children. It was part of our learning responsibility that we would go out and feed the dog. Mm-hmm. And now I see so many more single people and so many more people who marry later in life or have children later in life or who choose never to have children. Mm-hmm. And the dogs and the cats in our lives, much more so than fish and gerbils and bearded dragons, yeah. the dogs <clears throat> and cats in our lives become our companions. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. Um, you know, I was thinking about that because up until 
you know, two, three years ago, I, I was aware of dogs, but not really aware of them at all, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of look at them, go, oh, nice doggy type of thing. Well, you know, when I moved into the house with my two friends and they had these two, you know, as my friend says, black and black, uh, the bowling balls with tails. <laughs> and the crazy dogs that were running all over the place and, and you know, being goofy. And, you know, those are the Boston Terriers that I spent two years with. I became so aware of, you know, that they were actually living, breathing beings yes. with feelings. And I remember one time I did this and I did, I'm so upset with myself for doing it. I accidentally hit Lola because she was really acting up. She immediately withdrew for almost 12 hours from me. She wouldn't even come to me at all. Good for her. Yes. Good communication. Lola. Yes. And she's just like, <laughs> that doesn't work. I'm sorry. You're cut out. Mm-hmm. And I had to I had to coax her back and say, it's okay. It's safe. I'm not going to do that to you again. I was so upset with myself right. for doing that. And that was probably when I learned. I said, this is a living, breathing um, creature like me who has feelings, you know. And, and so when she came back, she was fine. But, you know, I had to learn the hard way. Yes. Yeah. And I was... I remember times when I kind of abused my cat when I was younger, you know, and I'm just so sick about that now because mm-hmm. I look at pets, dogs, cats, and otherwise as real living, breathing um, entities that are really on equal par with all of us. I really do because some of them are much more intuitive than I am. Absolutely. Yep. I'd like to tell you about another kind of win-win situation that I help people with, and that is I had a veterinary friend whose cat had uh, a cancer on the foot that was very aggressive. The only way to stop it was amputation. Okay. Can we just put that one on hold for a second? We're going to take another very quick break, and we're going to come back with Wanda's story. Okay. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read from Ms. Samantha Blodell. She's a Reiki and Aura specialist, and she's Beulah May cake maker, too. We just hear wonderful things about that every week. I'm obsessing about this now. Practitioner, and she does readings in Mount Vernon as well as Reiki classes. Her Reiki classes right now, she has an Aura of Abundance class on June 20th. Oops, that was two days ago. Guess not. Anyway, it's a really good class. And so um, she does have a new Reiki 3 class starting at 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And that's on June 30th. That's for $300. That's the last in the series. And then she also is going to be at the Boeing Parapsychology Club next Saturday. That's going to be cool. So June 29th, she's going to be there from 10 to 5 at Kent Commons. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. She also has a aura circle on June 25th. And during the meetups she has, we do exercises and activities to increase your perception. Every participant receives an aura reading. $10 space is limited, RSVP. So go to www.meetup.com and join the group, the Aura Lady Reiki and Aura Intuitive Meetup in Mount Vernon. So you can get more information on these events at 206 403 0283. 
This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Academy of Canine Behavior in Bothell, we cover the world of animals. This week, June 23rd, it's another Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me, and I'll finish up with all the information I didn't get a chance to share last week. As an animal behavior therapist and trainer, I can help you understand your animal friends and solve any problems you're having, so plan to give me a call on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and our guest is Wanda Buckner. And she was just starting to tell a story when I interrupted her. Yes, which is <laughs> perfectly fine. It's that lead into the next. <laughs> so here's my veterinary friend who has a cat uh, with a very aggressive cancer on her front right mm. leg. And the only solution is to have the leg amputated. Mm. And she wanted to know what her cat felt about that. Oh, good. So I talked to the cat and said, if you don't have the surgery, you'll die. Mm -hmm. Cat's like, so? (laughs) (laughs) Because to a cat who is dependent on four legs Mm -hmm. and their whole life of running and jumping and climbing and tussling... And they don't have a fear of death. Animals mm-hmm. don't fear death like we do. Mm-hmm. They're not waiting for their grandkids to grow up or mm-hmm. anything like that. They're like, well, you know, death is death. Like a cat sometimes dies by predator, mm-hmm. but oftentimes they got caught by a predator because mm-hmm. they were also being a predator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what goes around comes around. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> And my experience with animals is they they know that they will come back. Mm-hmm. And so they don't see it as a big issue. But, of course, for the human, if she could save this cat's life, it was very important. Mm-hmm. And so the cat and I talked about the good that she could do for other cat families. Mm-hmm. That if she agreed to the surgery her human would document all aspects and also of her recovery so that she would have like a slideshow. So she would have a legacy she's leaving behind. Absolutely. Okay. And then the veterinarian could show that to other cat people who were facing the same decision Mm -hmm. so they would know it was possible. Okay. And the cat agreed to that and did a marvelous job of healing and getting through surgery. Wow. It was really wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, I see that on TV, you know, on various veterinarian shows where they end up amputating a leg of a cat. And and the and the vet system is this cat going to be okay? I mean, can he occupy can he run around on three legs and so you're going to be surprised what she can't do. Because they literally it's like the leg is it's sort of a phantom leg. It's sort of there, but not there. But they still run and jump and play and all that kind of stuff. And they just they just adapt to it. Some yeah. do and some don't. Okay. And that's where an animal communicator comes in. Okay. Someone who can really talk to the cat. Mm-hmm. One of my first conversations with a vet that I volunteer with every Monday evening is was about a cat whose leg was on, amputated. Mm-hmm. And she said, the cat is cured. Mm-hmm. But the cat is not healed. Okay. Because the cat could not accept it. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. And by communicating, and do, I also do energy healing so that the phantom leg pains mm-hmm. and the um, the feeling that the leg is there, but it's not there when you go mm-hmm. to stand on it, so that the cat can truly be healed emotionally mm-hmm. as well as being cured physically. Mm-hmm. This is an important thing to know, that some Animals are more resilient than other animals. Mm -hmm. Some are more sensitive. They all vary just as we do. And so we want to give opportunity for every animal to have their own individual response and for them also to have the greatest possible understanding. Okay. For instance, when we go into surgery, I talk to some of my human clients and they are, for instance, having a hip replacement, and they're very angry at their body. They're angry at their hip for giving out. Right. They're angry that they have to have surgery. Mm-hmm. They are against surgery. They're like, we're holistic people. We don't, uh, we don't want to do this. Well, when they go into surgery with that attitude, they don't have a good result oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And so we need to work with their body and their mind and their emotions so mm-hmm. that they see the surgery for what it is. Wow. It's, it's a gift. Right. They right. are going to be able to use that leg again as it will be stronger than it was before. Right. Exactly. Yes. And we have a phone call. All right. All right. Christy is on the line. Christy, you're on the air. Hi. Um, <laughs> I just, I know I don't have much time. So um, that's okay. My dog, Chewy, he has some clapped possible heart issues and high anxiety. I just wanted to see if you could do a quick um, kind of look up on him, see how he's doing. Heart issues and anxiety. Okay, so, um, and and what uh, breed is Chewy? He's a Pomeranian Chihuahua mix. Yeah, he's small. How old is he? He's about 13. Oh, he's old. Yeah. So, you know that you are getting into a very, you know, you definitely have a senior dog, and he is not able to protect himself or take care of himself. A a collapsing trachea means, uh, think of yourself, if you couldn't get your breath, Mm -hmm. you would go into panic. Yeah, Yeah, that's what he's doing. Poor baby. Right. And so you have to make... uh, our final responsibility to our pets is to ensure that they have the highest quality of life for the longest yep. time possible. And the one way is you ask yourself, are there five things that he still enjoys? Is there a, a medical way that he could be more relaxed? A CBD is common and use your veterinarian could advise you do not do it on your own because it's a very small dog you would want the vets uh help with knowing if that's appropriate Mm. and if it would make a difference on the heart it looks to me like he does not want to be picked up is Mm. that true no he doesn't like it he likes he's okay if i stay up up and he jumps in my arms so he doesn't like to be picked up right so it becomes painful for them to be picked up there may well be some um, other, you know, joint changes going on. Mm-hmm. And what happens when he gets excited is that trachea collapses. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he needs yeah. to have a very calm environment. Yeah. Um, you know, not a lot of noise and disruption and not being swooshed off of his feet, but truly allowed to live his life in his space. I mean, so often we pick our small dogs up just because it's easier, but it's no, not I don't easier pick them for up. them. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And so I would check with his vet and ask, um, would additional pain medication or calming medication help? Because this is a physical problem, you can't talk him out of it. Nope. Yeah. You could try a lavender essential oil, just a tiny, tiny bit on a cotton ball that he could come near or go away from. You don't want to actually put it on the dog because Mm -hmm. he's very vulnerable and he can't get away from it. It's too easy to use too much. So you just put it on a cotton ball that his sense of smell, it doesn't matter if you can smell it, his sense is much greater than yours even now. And you could do that uh, twice a day and see if that helps him be calm. Okay. Yeah, that's good. It also looks to me like he may be having some sight issues. Okay. Do you know if that's true? The cat got him in the eye, so yeah. Ouch. (laughs) Right. And so that's another thing that makes our dogs anxious. And because he sees shadows, he doesn't know what they are. Mm -hmm. And so, regrettably, it's time for, for you to really look at quality of life. Increase mm-hmm. it in every way you can. Yep. And if the dog is miserable, then you have some hard decisions to make. Yeah, yeah, he's mm-hmm. not yet, but um, we've had some close calls. So yeah. Yeah, that's why I wanted to check in. Right. Mm-hmm. And did you take him to a vet over the eye? Um, I had an in, in um, I can't take him to the vet anymore. His anxiety is too high, so oh. I had somebody come in yeah. and help. I believe it. In my uh, house. Yeah, yeah, that's very, I'm, that's wonderful that you can do that. Yeah. Well, so, Chewy is a well, beautiful, Chew- beautiful being with a huge heart, and he yeah. has given you 13 years of love and joy, and uh, he wants you to remember those years and hold yeah. those dear. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your call, Christy. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Oh, you're much welcome. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you very much, Wanda. We have to zip right here over to our announcements. So anyway, okay, so first we have the Boeing Parapsychology Club BEPC Conscious Living Wellness Expo next Saturday. It is June 29th, 10 to 5, Kent Commons, 525 4th Avenue North in Kent, Washington, BEPCweb.org. If you want a booth, I think they're still available, so you can give them a contact. And also we have, I'm going to start about the next one because after that is the Fall Emerald Spiral Expo on September 28th, 2019 at 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Kent Commons again. And that's at 525 4th Avenue North in Kent, of course, and all sorts of goodies there. Biggest metaphysical event in western Washington, and it will be that weekend. So if you're wanting to, to go or you want to be a part of it, there's still vendors and booths available. You can contact Astara Brisky at 425-445-8789 for more information. 
And so next week, we are not going to be here. We're going to be at the BEPC Expo. But the following week, we have on Mr. Jer Dooley, who is the fantastic plane spotter from Kilkenny, Ireland. And so anyway, I want to thank you, Wanda, for being on the show today. It was a great show. And uh, we're going to see you in two weeks. And this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio.